My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. There's a story told about three men who were hiking through a forest. And then they came upon a large, raging, violent river. And needing to get to the other side, the first man prayed, God, please give me the strength to cross this river. And so suddenly God gave him big arms and strong legs. And he was able to swim across the river in about two hours, having almost drowned twice. After witnessing this, the second man prayed, God, please give me strength and the tools to cross the river. And so God gave him a rowing boat and strong arms and strong legs. And he was able to row across in about an hour after almost capsizing once. Seeing what happened to the first two, the third man prayed, God, please give me the strength, the tools, and the intelligence across the river. And so suddenly he was turned into a woman. She checked the map, hiked 100 yards upstream, and walked across the bridge. The moral of the story is that if at first you don't succeed, do it the way your wife told you. This message is about the gift of wisdom, the gift of the Holy Spirit that we get every time that we receive divine grace. The book of Proverbs said, wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Wisdom is knowledge of things through their ultimate cause. It's a gift whereby we see only the good and the beauty, beautiful in all things. Because wisdom sees God's beauty in everything and therefore goes to serve others. You get knowledge in college, but wisdom comes from God. It's usually listed first among the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And often our wisdom can also grow in proportion to our awareness of our own ignorance. We can get an awful lot of wisdom from other people. The gift of the Holy Spirit helps us to see that this was a very wise statement or wise piece of knowledge, a wise experience. There's a Chinese proverb that says a single conversation across the table with a wise man is worth a month's study of books. Putin Chin likes to say that just as a mouse eating piano keys cannot understand 
how someone can sit at a piano stool and play Tchaikovsky. So we do not understand the wisdom of God's ways. God's ways are not our ways. So we can ask our Lord for an increase in this virtue. The book of Proverbs says, because the Lord gives wisdom, and out of his mouth comes prudence and knowledge. And in the book of wisdom, for wisdom will not enter into a malicious soul, nor dwell in a body subject to sins. Through the world of nature and grace, the Holy Spirit enables us to perceive and contemplate the infinite wisdom, power, and goodness of God. God's nature is reflected in all things. Through this gift, we're told in Christ is passing by, a Christian perceives and understands that all creation, the movement of the earth and other heavenly bodies, the good actions of Christians, of creatures, and all the good that has been achieved in history. In short, everything comes from God and is directed towards him. Truly, he will be able to say, the Christian will be able to say, says the book of wisdom, that wisdom guides him on straight paths. She shows him the kingdom of God and gave him knowledge of the angels. And so the Holy Spirit will warn us about what is good and true in itself and is in danger of becoming bad by leading us away from our supernatural end. And so we need this wisdom in daily events to see things in the right way, make right decisions, to learn from our mistakes. Thus, we give the utmost importance, we're told in Friends of God, to being temples of the Holy Spirit. Because if God is dwelling in our soul, everything else, no matter how important it may seem, is accidental and transitory. Whereas we, in God, stand permanent and firm. Solomon asks for the wisdom to judge well. And God was very happy with that request. He didn't ask for riches or power or success. He asked for a special gift so as to be able to dispense his judgments well on other people. We're told in the furrow it's no use trying to please everyone. There will always be people who disagree, who complain. The way popular wisdom sums it up is what is good for the sheep is bad for the wolves. And in an encyclical called Faith and Reason, John Paul II says the wisdom, the wisdom named among the gifts of the Holy Spirit is distinct from the wisdom found among the intellectual virtues. This second wisdom is acquired through study but the first comes from on high, as St. James puts it. This also distinguishes it from faith, 
since faith accepts divine truth as it is, but the gift of wisdom enables judgment according to divine truth. In that same document, it says it is no accident that when the sacred author comes to describe the wise man, he portrays him as one who loves and seeks the truth. And he quotes from the book of Sirach. Happy the man who meditates on wisdom and reasons intelligently, who reflects in his heart on her ways and ponders her secrets. He pursues her like a hunter and lies in wait on her paths. He peers through her windows and listens at her doors. He camps near her house and fastens his tent pegs to her walls. He pitches his tent near her and so finds an excellent resting place. He places his children under her protection and lodges under her boughs. By her she is sheltered, he is sheltered from the heat and he dwells in the shade of her glory. And so we can see from the Old Testament, that this is a gift that is highly valued, highly to be appreciated and longed for. St. Paul to the Colossians says, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. And so Christ is like a book. Crucifix is like a book we find the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so some people drink at the fountain of knowledge. And somebody said other people just gargle. The book of Proverbs says a fool takes pleasure in doing wrong. The intelligent takes pleasure in cultivating wisdom. St. Paul says how rich and deep are the wisdom and knowledge of God. We cannot reach the root of his decisions or his ways. For Yahweh, says the book of Proverbs, is the giver of wisdom. From his mouth issue knowledge and understanding. And so wisdom is humble because wisdom sees beauty in everything and goes out to serve others. Those who dine at wisdom's table nourish their mind. And so we need a lot of wisdom in daily life to make the right decisions. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his own soul? We need a lot of wisdom to make the right decisions to choose rightly. St. Paul says, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Like the other gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom accompanies sanctifying grace, makes a person disposed to receive the inspirations and movements of the Holy Spirit, and completes and perfects the virtues of those who receive them. What is specific to wisdom is that it makes the soul responsive to the Holy Spirit in the contemplation of divine things. 
and in the use of God's ideas to judge both created and divine matters. We're told in Corinthians, this discernment is nourished by the light and strength of the Holy Spirit, who evokes everywhere and in all circumstances obedience to the faith, the joyous courage of following Jesus, and the gift of wisdom, which judges all things and is judged by no one. It rests on the fidelity of the Father to his promises. And so the spiritual person can assess the value of everything. And that person's value cannot be assessed by anybody else. We ask for the gift of wisdom, not only for special undertakings, but to follow God's will, which is a continuous task for the, for the Christian. Book of Wisdom says we should never cease to ask the Almighty for this gift of wisdom in the struggles of everyday life. With this gift, we constantly seek God's standards and not our ours. We're all the time trying to bring things up. We try to make our standards conform to God's. Lord, help us to have that great goal for our life, to lift things up as much as possible. And so with this gift, the Christian understands the littleness of the value of earthly things, if they do not lead to the things of heaven, the shortness of human life on earth, the limited happiness this world can give when compared to that which God has promised to those who love him. The pointlessness of so much effort if it's not carried out in God's presence. When the soul recalls its past life, or perhaps God was not given pride of place, you can feel a great sorrow for so much evil, for so many lost opportunities. And from that comes the desire to make up for lost time by being more faithful to God. Everything in the world which we love and in which we have to sanctify ourselves appears in the light of this gift as marked with perishability, while in all clarity we see our supernatural end, to which we have to subordinate all things. So we see the importance of not losing our own soul. The vision in faith of the world of events of individuals can become darkened and even up totally obscured by what St. John calls the concupiscence of the eyes. The mind <clears throat> then rejects the true light and becomes unable to direct earthly affairs to him. Instead, those earthly affairs become its end. 
the disordered desire for material goods, the determination to reduce the search for happiness to affairs here below, all this impedes or frustrates the action of this gift. And so the soul, soul then falls into a, a type of blindness in which is unable to recognize and to taste the true goods, those which do not perish, and its supernatural hope is replaced by an ever greater hope all the time. You could say that true wisdom is a participation in the mind of God, guides our life and our decisions, gives us a loving knowledge of God, people, and of created things insofar as they refer to him. It's connected with the virtue of charity because it bestows a special knowledge of God and others and prepares the soul for a certain experience of the sweetness of God, both in himself and in created things, insofar as they refer to him. And so with this gift, united with charity, we are better able to live in harmony with others. Every day we see opportunities to help people, to serve them. And so through the gift of wisdom, the Holy Spirit places this knowledge within the reach of simple souls who love God. I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to mere babes. And so this gift that we speak about is a knowledge that's not learned from books, but given by God, who enlightens us, fills our mind, heart, will, and understanding with love. And so by means of the light of this love, the Christian has a more intimate and joyful knowledge of God and of his mysteries. We appreciate the fever, the flavor of some fruit much more when we taste it than when we read it in the description of it in a botany book. And so this knowledge is given especially by the gift of wisdom. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. And so there are many great things we have to learn in and through this great gift. Cardinal Van Thuan says the cross is the book that teaches through wisdom. St. Paul says the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being, who are being saved is the power of God. We're told that God will scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and put down the mighty from their thrones. Who will restore order to a world of confused and erroneous thinking? Who will bring peace to the people of our time 
so that they will be able to travel the road of hope freely? There's only one answer. The wisdom from God bestowed on us through our mother Mary, the seat of wisdom. Scientific geniuses, says Antoine, have contributed much to the advancement of civilization. Yet they possess only a small portion of the light and truth. A world which possesses such splendid order as ours does requires, however, an overriding supreme wisdom. This wisdom is the word and through him all things were made, we're told in the Nicene Creed. And so Van Thuan says, do not lose confidence when you see that the road of hope eludes some people whom the world regards as wise. Our Lord has warned us about that already. The world is often afraid of wisdom because it upsets the old life rebukes the world and overturns set values. And so human nature can find it hard to accept. But humble souls of goodwill and those little ones fired with youthful enthusiasm have throughout every period of history followed this wisdom successfully to the end. The wisdom given by the Holy Spirit will illumine our thoughts, guide our plans, transform our actions by giving them an eternal value. It transforms us into an immortal child of the Spirit. St. Paul says, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God in lofty words of wisdom, for I decided to know, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so the crucifixion of our Lord is the wisdom that comes down from heaven. As the experience of the last 20 centuries has clearly shown, it accomplished a brilliant revolution that could neither be concealed nor held back. And so many courageous souls, souls have volunteered and continue to do so in the service of wisdom. So we could try to appreciate during these days this great gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us with a certain frequency. And like Solomon, we can ask for that gift. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. Give me wisdom, we're told. Send her forth from your holy heaven and form and from your glorious throne. Without this gift, we, we lack a guide as if we were without a polar star to direct us in the moral choices of life. The liturgy often makes us pray with the words of the Book of Wisdom at the beginning of the day, so that God may be close to us with his wisdom, 
and assist us and support us in our daily toil, revealing to us the good and evil, the just and the unjust. And so we need to take the hand of divine wisdom and go forward confidently in the world. We cling to her, loving her, with the spousal love after the example of Solomon. <clears throat> when the Book of Wisdom confessed, <clears throat> I loved and sought after her from my youth. I sought to take her for my bride <clears throat> and was enamored of her beauty. The fathers of the church identified Christ as the wisdom of God and define Christ as the power and the wisdom of God. St. Ambrose says, <clears throat> teach me words rich in wisdom, for you are wisdom. Open my heart, you who have opened the book. Open the door that is heaven, for you are the door. If we are introduced through you, we will possess an eternal kingdom. Whoever enters through you will not be deceived, for he cannot err who enters the dwelling place of truth. And so our Lord invites us to be rich in this virtue, rich in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Teach us, O God, wisdom of heart. And so when we grow in this virtue, we get an interior confirmation to Christ, the wisdom of the Father. The gift first passes through him, the door of the sheep. And we have to imitate him, the good shepherd. So that in listening to us, the faithful will listen to him. And in following us, they can follow him. The one saviour yesterday, today and forever. God gives us wisdom of heart through his word, living, effective, and capable of laying bare the depths of man. And so every time we read our gospel each day, and we look at the words of the mass, the different scriptural texts, or listen to the gospel there, where we get exposed to a profound wisdom greater than that, it doesn't exist. The divine word, we're told in the book of Hebrews, after being spoken of old in many and various ways to our fathers through the prophets, has been sent in these last days to men and women in the very person of the Son. We are also called to be qualified teachers of this word. He who hears you, hears me. An enormous task, but also a great responsibility. We've been entrusted with the living word. And so we have to proclaim it by our lives, even before we do so with our lips. And so we know it is a word that coincides with the person of Christ himself, the word made flesh. 
It's the face of Christ that we have to show others. We have to proclaim his cross. I decided, said St. Paul, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Christ alone is enough. Lo, we have left everything and followed you. Peter's statement expresses the radical nature of the choice requested by the apostle. Our Lord, the teacher indicated and demanded the observance of the commandments as a condition for eternal life. To the rich young man, he said, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. The sadness of refusal fell on those words of Christ like a sudden darkening of the sky. And so Jesus spoke one of his severest sayings, how hard it would be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. But then our Lord calms the apostles down by telling them all things are possible with God. Peter's statement became an expression of the grace by which God transforms man and makes him capable of a total gift. We have left everything and followed you. That's how we become apostles. And that's how we experience the fulfillment of our Lord's promise about the hundredfold. The apostle who has left everything to follow Christ already lives a fulfilled and joyful life on this earth despite the inevitable trials. And so thank you, Lord, for all the great gifts you've given me in the past years and decades. Help me to cast a contemplative gaze back over my life and see the ways in which you've shown me your love and mercy. I will sing forever of your glories, O Lord, and of your mercy. Through this gift of wisdom, we share <clears throat> in Christ's love for the people we're in contact with. We see in our dealings with them a chance to be merciful, to bring them closer to God. We understand better the great need that people have for, for help on their way to Christ. Others are seen as persons in need of God and that's the way Jesus sees them. And so as we prepare for the great feast of Pentecost, we can ask Our Lady to facilitate this great gift. We're told in friends of God, may the mother of God and our mother protect us so that each one of us may serve the church in the fullness of faith, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and with our contemplative life. Each one of us joyfully honour the Lord by carrying out his own duties, those which are property, which are property his. Each one of us in his job or profession and fulfilling the obligations of his state in life. Queen of Apostles, pray for us and with us so that the Holy Spirit will descend 
in abundance upon the church, and that she will shine throughout the world, ever more united, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice, my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. <laughs> 